0: Happy Easter, Hallelujah. Happy Easter. Christ is risen, Christ is risen Alleluia, <laughs> it's been a while, and so begins our life of faith. Many of you don't know this, but I gave up sweets for Lent. And I must say, given the fact that everyone over at Icing on the Cake knows me by name, this was quite a sacrifice to make. But I am a priest, and part of my job is to set a good example of temperance for my flock. So did anyone else out there give up sweets for Lent? Okay, two visitors. Good. My flock. Please come up. Please come up. You who raised your hand. It's all right. I promise. Only glory. No shame. Please come up. It's all right. Do you need a helper to come with you? Okay. Well, come on. Whoa. Calling him out. Very good. Right here. Just stand in a row and face everyone uh, to receive your reward. Did anyone give up anything else for Lent? Oh, Kathy, Jason, Reese, come on up. Whoever else raised, Pat, Brett, please come up. Stand in a row here. Do not be shy. Um, wow, um, you know, I guess I thought there'd be a few more. <laughs> um, did anyone take on something for Lent, a spiritual practice or a... Prayer, something. Come on, Tony, come on, other visitor. Come on. Wow. Okay, single digits. I'm not, you know, it's nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, good. Lewis, Ann, good job. Did I see someone over here raise their hand? Come on, Pet Brat, get up there. Please get in line. Uh, So, um, how many of you made it all the way through on your promise, as far as you can tell? Raise your hand. Hi. Hi in the air. How many of you made it about halfway? Raise your hand. How about... uh, That's good, though. Less than halfway? Anybody? Good job. Please give them a round of applause. Okay. Good job. Good job. But don't go away. This is your reward. I have here a box of donuts. And so... Because you have worked so hard and long to spend six weeks in prayer, you get to pick. Wait, where'd you come from? <laughs> hey, so you get to pick one. And it's not an entire donut. I know how it is here in Los Gatos, It's they're sliced up into pieces. How about you? Come on. Uh, the bigger ones have custard in them. The ones on the corners. So. And it's just save one for me. Yeah? <laughs> okay. That's right. There you go. There you go. Take your favorite. There's not a lot of chocolate lovers in the crowd. It's going to be you next year. for me for a sec (laughs) here. Because I also gave up sweets for Lent. Um, So, it is Easter, and all that Lenten sacrifice is over with for another ten and a half months. Today we celebrate. For those of you who gave up something or took something on, this is just the beginning of your reward. It will take you straight to heaven. (laughs) The rest of you can carry on with your gluttonous life as usual. (laughs) Now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a ceremonial first bite of Easter together. Having fasted, now we feast. But like everything in church, there is a ritual to this. So after we take our first bite together, take a big bite and chew for a few seconds, I'm going to step out in front of you and I'm going to point and together we're going to shout with our mouths full, Alleluia! Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. Hallelujah <laughs> Congratulations, <laughs> Congratulations. So today is Easter, when we celebrate the the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from the dead. And while those words may trip off the tongue ever so lightly, they are actually heavy with meaning. Because what we are commemorating today, in case you lost it in all the excitement and Easter bunnies, what we are celebrating is the bodily return to life of Jesus, an event that triggered entry into the afterlife for all of us. Now, not to state the obvious, but that's pretty huge. (laughs) And while it is a central doctrine of our faith, still, it's hard for some of us to fathom. Even so, I sometimes think that the reason we paint eggs and eat so much candy and wear colorful, fancy clothes and share an Easter brunch is that we are trying in our own feeble ways to meet the immensity of that gift with our own joyful thanksgiving. Certainly we have tried to grasp it in the rituals of Holy Week and the Easter Vigil just ended last night. I believe in the resurrection. Not just the metaphorical version where Christ resurrects in our hearts and our actions, though that's very important. No, I mean actual resurrection. I believe in that today and last night for sure and for most, if not all, of last week. But okay, honestly, some of the time, I still struggle with it. Maybe like some of you. At best, we are sometimes like the disciple in today's gospel reading who runs to the mouth of the cave, looks in, believes, but goes home without understanding what he's seen. Or maybe we try to follow the motto of St. Anselm, and we have a faith-seeking understanding. That is, an active love of God seeking a deeper knowledge of God. Nevertheless, for many Episcopalians and those who love them, resurrection is kind of the elephant in the room of our faith. We try to dance around it or pretend it's not there, or we might say nice things about it while refusing to look at it directly. But it does take up so much room. And you know, what do you get when you cross an elephant, a rhino, with the resurrection? (laughs) Elephino. That's what I'm saying. The resurrection remains a mystery. How can we know for sure? Yet there are some of us who just can't let go of wanting or needing to prove it. In fact, that used to be me. A few years ago, I was really grappling with this core component of our faith, and this was after I had already been ordained. So in my search for some answers to this question, I went to the source of all human wisdom. Do you believe in the resurrection, I asked Google. (laughs) And Google responded. The top hits I got did not look too good for Team Resurrection. There is no scientific or historical proof, shouted one entry after another, pounding away at the few plucky little entries that cried, Proof is not the point. It's faith, dummy. But further down that first page of hits, I discovered a group of thoughtful people on one website, Christian and non-Christian, who were honestly grappling with this very question. One man, Pastor J. Barrett Lee, echoed two bits of semi-historical information that have since helped my belief in the resurrection he wrote first something happened there was some kind of easter event that changed everything for jesus followers they were never the same again after that experience whatever it was is powerful enough to have allowed their messianic movement to survive the execution of its founder, unlike every other first century messianic Jewish movement. In other words, those bumbling disciples from the Gospels somehow became powerful messengers of the good news. Second, he wrote, It seems abundantly clear, based on the writings of the time, that Jesus' earliest followers certainly believed that he rose from the dead on the day after the Jewish Sabbath. Moreover, their experience of this event was immediate and powerful enough that Jesus' earliest followers, all Jewish, felt the need to move their primary day of worship from the Sabbath, Saturday, to the day after the Sabbath, Sunday. And that's a big deal, because the Sabbath day was intensely sacred to Jews. So moving it would not have been done lightly. In other words, those first disciples changed their lives and their worship practice in response to their belief in Christ's resurrection. Still, I have to say my suspicions were right. There is no proof of resurrection out there. But I did learn one thing from my search. It is important to keep wrestling with the question. Now, if you already believe, thanks be to God, then your question becomes, how am I living out that belief? How am I resurrecting Christ in my life and in the lives of those around me? But if you have trouble affirming the resurrection of Christ some days, do not give up struggling to believe. Frankly, more central to my faith than resurrection is relationship. Or to put it another way, relationship is where I come closest to experiencing resurrection. It's right there in today's gospel passage. Peter and John, the two disciples, run to the tomb, look inside, see the empty wrappings, believe without quite understanding, and go back home. But Mary Magdalene stood weeping outside the tomb. She was inconsolable, wandering about in a daze, not understanding why her beloved teacher's body was missing. It wasn't just that she had lost someone she loved. Jesus had seen through her external facade and recognized the precious person she really was. With him gone, who was she now? She came to the tomb to be as close to Jesus as she could to remember how he loved her and saw her true self. So his body's disappearance from that tomb was a terrible shock, so much so that she didn't even blink when two angels in white appeared inside and spoke with her. Nor did she recognize Jesus when he stood before her. In fact, she mistook him for the gardener. On a side note... This is the earliest historical record we have of a gardener named Jesus. <laughs> and so you might understand why this is an, an especially important scripture passage for my people. In fact, you may sometimes see Latinos with a tattoo that reads John 20:15. Or not? (laughs) Mary sees Jesus, but doesn't recognize him. Jesus at first seems not to want to be identified. He asks her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? He pretends not to know her. But then he sees how much pain she's in, how her grief at his missing body has driven her to distraction, and he can no longer contain himself. Mary, he cries. And she instantly recognizes him and responds, Rabboni. All the sorrow, joy, and love they have known comes rushing back in that moment of naming each other and they reestablish their relationship. They are precious to one another. And this man, who at the start of John's gospel was described in cosmic terms, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, this man, who is God, became human because God loves us. And he wept at the tomb of his friend Lazarus, and he washed the feet of his beloved disciples, and he reassured his dearest Mary that he was alive. And when I have trouble defining my faith, I simply remember the loving nature of Jesus, and I find God there. And I know resurrection is true. Another post I found online was by Brandon Ambrosino, some unknown soul. He paraphrased the words of the writer C.S. Lewis to describe his own faith in the resurrection. I believe in the resurrection just like I believe in the Son, Not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. And he also quoted the philosopher Wittgenstein who said, It is love that believes the resurrection. Some of us will continue to wrestle with our beliefs in the resurrection or in other aspects of our faith. Just remember, the struggle is worth it. The journey is worth it. It's worth it for the terrific companions you will meet along the way. Just ask anyone in this community and they will tell you. The journey is worth it for the example of Jesus, whose amazing words and actions constantly challenge us to be less selfish and more loving. It's worth it for the hope that we are held by a larger reality, the embrace of God that holds the world tightly, even when we try to fight it off with our disbelief or our anger, like a child having a temper tantrum. Eventually, we will quiet down within that embrace until God whispers in our ear, Shh, it's all right. I am always here with you. One day, we will see, believe, and understand In the meantime, we will journey together. So happy Easter. Alleluia. Christ is risen. And so begins our life of faith. Amen.